Welcome to The Marcus Warren Show, powered by 960 Digital and the Wealth Empowerment Network. Now, here is your host, Marcus Warren. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to the number one retirement and tax planning show in the region, The Marcus Warren Show. I am your host, financial advisor, tax enrolled agent, and author of the Retirement and Tax Playbooks, Marcus Warren. And I hope everyone is doing well on this Sunday. And to my left, I am joined by our resident tax professional, D. How you doing, D? Hello and happy Sunday. And remember that if you miss any parts of the show and you want to catch up on anything that you missed, all you have to do is subscribe to the Marcus Warren Show podcast via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. Also, throughout the show, we will be offering our retirement rescue game plan. Now, what is that you may be asking? Well, that's a physical packet of information that will help rescue your retirement from the risk that threaten your retirement once you are close and in retirement. In that game plan, you get a copy of my two books, a few different financial reports, and access to my webinar entitled Taxes in Retirement. And now you may be asking yourself, how do I get my hands on that, Marcus? Well, you can simply order that by going to warrenwealth.net, go to the site, put in your information, and that retirement rescue game plan will be delivered free of charge to your front door. Once again, warrenwealth.net, warrenwealth.net. All right, a, um, a lot of stuff is, uh, has been going on uh, from a uh, financial standpoint. We talked a little bit about the, the recession. The last couple of episodes, um, we've uh, talked about um, inflation. Uh, we've talked about the bear market. Um, I was recently on, uh, the NBC affiliate and was talking about, uh, that's a, a trifecta, you know, here in Louisville, Kentucky. Um, they, you know, we have, um, there's the Kentucky Derby, um, uh, Churchill Downs and we talk in, uh, thoroughbred speak, you know what I'm saying? And, uh, we have this, uh, trifecta of not so good news, uh, on the horizon. So uh, I want to spend a little bit of time and kind of navigate those those waters. I just mixed uh, horse racing and navigating waters. Okay. It doesn't make sense, but oh. let's get into some money matters. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. Here comes the money. Money, money, money. Oh, right. So... You know, when you think about it, um, you know, at first look, um, from a, a company standpoint, because we've seen the stock market uh, uh, jump up a little bit uh, last week, and uh, a lot of the American companies, they really seem to be doing just fine in the face of this high inflation and these rising interest rates. Ooh, superfecta. Superfecta. I didn't talk about the rising interest rates. Uh-oh. Right. There so we, we have... Bear market, mm-hmm. uh, inflation, yes, possible recession, Uh-oh. and then you have rising interest rates. That's a superfecta. Yes. Isn't a trifecta and superfecta usually good? Yeah. Well, yeah. This is the, the, bad. This is the bad. This is the bad. Yes. The evil yes. superfecta. Correct. Um, but um, American companies seem to be doing just fine. But if you look at the tea leaves or underneath the surface, um, there are some potential warning signs about the economy. Um, and it's, it's really got a lot of the, the, the top companies, the top executives feeling a little bit nervous. And so the market did bounce back a little bit last week. Um, you know, we're still, you know, kind of in this bear market. Um, of course, uh, technically we are in some sort, well, the, the, the indicators say that we are in a recession and then if you peel the surface back a little bit, you'll notice some things that companies are doing to prepare for a negative outlook regarding the U.S. economy moving forward. But when you think about what's been going on now so far, about 450 or so companies in the uh, S&P 500, uh, they've reported earnings and about 75% did a lot better over uh, this last quarter basically than Wall Street expected. Um, and, you know, speaking of ex- expectations, so um, uh, like I was saying, the market has been up, uh, was up last week, and that's simply because we had better than expected inflation numbers. 
So, uh, you know, inflation has been going up and up and up. It peaked at 9.1% last month uh, or in June. And then uh, the July numbers came out and Wall Street was super excited about these numbers because it was 8.5%, which is still high, but it's about expectations. So if you come in from 9.1% and you go to 8.5, although that is still historically high inflation, Wall Street seems to jump all over that. And, uh, you know, we, uh, we end up the week uh, pretty well, but we'll see, uh, we'll see what happens because 8.5% inflation is still hurting the pockets of the American consumer and the average American. So, uh, it's interest. it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. So, um, you know, but for a company so far, you know, they've been showing a lot of, I guess, resilience, uh, so to speak, as far as the way they've been navigating um, these, uh, this, this, the economic environment, um, you know, especially uh, when, like I said, the Federal Reserve is hiking interest rates and we have 40 years highs of inflation. Um, but let's talk about some of the things that uh, we've been looking at. And noticing that uh, companies, they still are bracing for some potential trouble uh, ahead. And so one of the things that we've noticed, and actually it's, it's interesting because we've, full disclosure, we've done the same things. The first thing that, that, well, we've done at least this thing right here, which is companies are cutting advertising and marketing. So historically, when companies are anxious about the future, they cut their marketing budgets. Um, uh, really making it a leading indicator uh, about how certain corporations and companies view the economy. And that's what happened uh, that this last quarter. Social media companies, if you've uh, uh, have been aware, they, they've, they've seen their ad sales slow. Um, uh, Facebook, or, or sorry, Meta, Meta. Yeah, <laughs> Meta saw its revenues fall for the first time ever. Um, who else? Uh, uh, Snapchat. My, my, my son invests in Snapchat and uh, their ad sales have gone down. Um, actually, their share price is down about 75 percent. So he's uh, he's taking a big hit. Uh-oh. Um, but if you look at ad sales for the New York Times, Gannett, BuzzFeed, uh, Roku, um, you've seen that uh, a lot of those um, their ads, uh, their their uh, ad revenue has dropped significantly. And that's generally a leading indicator when companies start cutting back on uh, advertising and marketing that they're not uh, so rosy uh, about the, uh, the, the economy. And like I said, we've even cut back on a lot of our um, ad and, and marketing spending. So, that, so that's number one. The second thing that uh, uh, is, is an indicator are companies cutting cost and jobs. And so... Um, uh, when I was on the NBC affiliate um, uh, last week, I mentioned that they asked me about the recession. And I said, you know what? I said, hey, um, you know, it's tough to say that we're in a recession, although there's the technical indicators um, are pointing that way because we have full employment. And generally, there, have, there has never been a recession that has happened with full employment. However, if you dig a little deeper, you see that companies are now starting to lay people off and cut cost. All right. So um, um, just just cutting costs, Bed Bath & Beyond said that it would cut uh, their capital spending by about 25%. Um, uh, Netflix, uh, Robin Hood, um, Shopify, they've all have uh, recently uh, announced uh, layoffs. Tech companies have basically cut about 70 a uh, thousand jobs so far this year, 70,000 jobs. Um, automakers, uh, GM has already said that um, uh, they're going to be reducing spending and limiting their um, jobs to critical needs jobs. Um, and then, of course, Ford recently cut about eight or announced they were cutting about 8,000 jobs <clears throat> nationwide. And all the so, crypto companies also oh, well, cut uh, yeah. all of their, uh, about half of their employees as well. That's right. And so you start seeing those layoffs happen. And so when you look at just those two things, you know, ad spending, marketing is, is, is being cut. Companies are tightening, tightening the belt from, from a capital spending standpoint. And then even more importantly, 
They're laying people off and announcing job cuts. And so they obviously, although they've, you know, have, have um, been resilient uh, this last quarter, now they're probably looking out and thinking, okay, things uh, – aren't looking so good. So we're going to have to start cutting some things. Um, and then what they've noticed is that, um, spending habits have, have started to change. So, um, you know, one of the positives of, of the economy is that people really have continued to spend even as inflation has been high. However, a lot of the big, uh, um, um, companies like Walmart's, the, the targets, um, uh, what else? The Myers, the the Krogers. Um, what they've noticed is that their customers, especially like, like especially Walmart and Target, people who sell groceries and then other items, they've said that Walmart specifically. If you if you remember that article that that was out a, a while ago, D, they talked about how people are spending less on on clothes and like general merchandise mm-hmm. because food prices have continued to rise, and so. Um, they've been cutting back on a lot of those general merchandise uh, purchases uh, because food prices have gone up sharply. And so they've been just focusing and and trying to, uh, you know, budget more towards uh, what want, no, their needs versus what they want. And they need food, Mm -hmm. don't have enough for that, that, uh, that, uh, that that Jersey, that new Mm -hmm. outfit, those shoes that whatever Walmart sells or whatever. And so they've seen that those things have, have started to shift. As a matter of fact, that article that I was talking about, they were talking about Walmart has been cutting prices Mm -hmm. because they got to get rid of all this inventory uh, that they've had. And so, and then of course you got the, uh, the supply chain issues where, um, you know, companies have been limited on uh, a lot of their supply. Um, and, and it's funny because other companies um, have a glut of supply and have had to, like a Walmart, and have had to cut, uh, cut prices. So crazy times um, right now, this, this superfecta of bad news, and we'll kind of see how it plays out. Although the numbers came in this last quarter, and it seemed like companies were were um, were being fairly, or basically staying afloat. Now we're starting to see how they're starting to prepare for this upcoming potential economic storm. But we'll see how it plays out. Uh, I always say that uh, I try to remain cautiously optimistic because you got to, you just got to. Seems like it's like uh, looking at the past performance of, of securities or stocks or ETFs. You can't base your future, uh, the future earnings on what they earned in the past. Same that, thing with that's right. some of these companies that boomed in the second quarter of the year, but things are not looking good moving forward, potentially. Yeah, right. And, and now you have to really look at it as, as people's behaviors, which is what I try to tell my kids. Hey, don't worry so much about what people say. Watch their actions. Right. And when you watch what corporations and companies are starting to do now, cut ad revenue, cut marketing, cut jobs, tighten their belts as far as their spending goes. Yes. Yeah, they expect something. They expect some sort of downturn uh, moving forward. So we'll see what happens. All right. Coming up next, we're going to jump into D's Tax Corner. You're listening to The Marcus Warren Show. Who is this? Oh, okay. <laughs> so this is uh, Shakira. This is um, Hips Don't Lie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, song came out in 2006. Okay. Number one in the U.S. and the U.K. All right. Big song. Okay. It's not my favorite Shakira song, but it's all right. Yeah, this is her uh, biggest hit. There you go. All right, good old Shakira. Ooh. I feel like we're foreshadowing something, but who knows? See something in the future? Yeah, we'll see. Anyway, welcome back to the show, The Marcus Warren Show. Remember that you can request your retirement rescue game plan. All you have to do is go to warrenwealth.net and that retirement rescue game plan is going to help you rescue your retirement from all the risks that threaten your nest egg. We're talking about market risk, inflation risk, and most importantly, tax rate risk you got to protect your hard-earned money from the IRS. Once again, 
go to warrenwealth.net. All right. Um, like I said, there could have been some foreshadowing there, but uh, let's just go ahead and jump into some D's Tax Corner. Because I'm the tax man. Yeah, I'm the tax man. Or woman. All right. So for this week's Tax Corner, I really wanted to provide our listeners with some tips for what not to do when it comes to your taxes, because there I've come across a few recent tax cases that have gotten some celebrities in trouble with the tax authorities. And let's start with our Shakira, Shakira, lady of honor, Colombian pop singer Shakira, who is currently in trouble with the Spanish tax authorities. Spanish prosecutors have called uh, for more than eight years in prison for Ms. Shakira in a fine of about... Dang. $24 million. Mm. Um, it's euros, but I've converted it to dollars for everybody, so we all understand yeah. what the fine is. Um, her legal woes began in 2018 when Spanish authorities accused her of evading taxes amounting to $15 million between 2012 and 2014, a three-year period during which she claimed she wasn't a Spanish resident. She didn't actually hey, live yeah, in Spain. Do. That's what she said. Um, before marrying the FC Barcelona player Gerard Piquet, who is a Spaniard, Shakira resided in the tax-favored Bahamas. Yeah, with the quotes, right? You got some quotes there. She no, she lived there. She you yeah, know had well, a she had a, a residence well, there. Uh, right. Listen, all of this is alleged. Uh, so according <laughs> to Spanish tax authorities, she continued to claim that she lived in the Bahamas for tax purposes until 2015, which is when she officially switched her residency. However, the authorities claim that they have evidence that she lived there well before then in that three-year period uh, preceding that. They basically followed her to places that she frequented, um, checked her social media accounts, of course, checked credit card receipts, uh, looked at you know her hairdresser, personal trainer, local school, where she was regularly, yeah. regularly observed dropping her kids off. She did have a house in Spain as well during that time. And so prosecutors are moving ahead with uh, filing some of these criminal charges against her because she refused to uh, take a settlement deal that they had offered her er earlier, yeah. saying that... Well, see, that's because she didn't do anything she, wrong. She's right. obviously saying that, you know what, this is uh, what I don't do. But, I, you know, I'll I tell you what. One is, um, uh, I didn't know this, but Shakira is, you know, her net worth is $350 million. Yeah. So, I mean, this $24 million is a big chunk. It is but, a big uh, chunk. Um, you know, she, if, that's, if that's what happens, she should I think be, the prison time is worse. She, she should be able to pay. Yeah, but that, that's always just... That's always just out there. Um, it's like when um, Messi, um, yes. who is the, um, another, the another Argentinian, mm -hmm. right? Yes, he's from Argentina, yes. And, um, you know, same types of charges. Yes. But he um, settled, basically, not settled, but he, he just he, paid the, he paid the. He did. And so, okay. I, you know, I don't yep. think, I, I think the salaciousness of the eight years makes it seem like, oh, gosh, yes. he might go to. Scary. Yeah, yes. but I don't think that that will happen, but. The biggest, the, the bigger thing is just you know how, how, the rich, whether you're a billionaire or a celebrity, you just have money, where you know it's that whole tax avoidance, yes, thing that, or sometimes tax evasion, but tax avoidance where hey, you know what, I am going to take up residency in the mm -hmm. Bahamas, yes, so I don't have to pay right these Spanish taxes or yes. even closer to home. I'm going to take up residency in Florida or Texas or Nevada where there's Tennessee. no, or, yeah, mm -hmm. or Tennessee where there's no, um, you know, state tax, mm -hmm. you know, or, um, you know, I think Elon Musk just recently did that, right? Moved to Texas. You know, moved mm -hmm. to Texas and, you know, claims that. Uh, that's um, where he lives. Yeah. That's where he lives. And, you know, we all know it's for, for, for tax, for tax reasons. Yes. Um, you were just t telling me er earlier about Citadel, mm -hmm. um, Ken Griffin. Uh, moving their whole headquarters from Chicago over to Florida. Um, you know, I don't know if it's strictly for taxes, but that's always seems to be an underlying factor and they say it's other things, but it's, it's always something else. And so she's, you know, whether you're a resident of the U S trying to, you know, put money offshore, but um, you know, that is one of those things that, you know, actually legally you can do. Right. If yes. you're on the up, up and up, yes. it's like those those Pandora papers that came out or 
um, mm-hmm. Paradise or Pandora Papers, whatever they were. I think they were both. Um, where it talked about the rich and all the offshore accounts and all the things that they do to hide money and, you know, not to not pay taxes. And then, bam, here you are with uh, Shakira, Shakira. Yes, and if we bring it back back to uh, the rest of us who aren't Grammy-winning uh, superstars, um, residency is important, right? And, and there are ways, like you mentioned, to change your residency to a state that might not have um, state income tax to reduce your tax burden by a good good amount and you still generally have to report it because you know my i have two brothers and they both played overseas basketball yes and they actually live there because you know there's residency requirements you have to live there you know a certain amount of days out of the year and they did but they still had to file an income tax here Mm -hmm. they still had to basically report how many days they lived in they lived in spain Mm -hmm. and croatia argentina places like that and so um you know, you, you, you still have to file, at least, I don't know, Spanish law. Yes. But here you still have to file your taxes, even if you on end your up. On your worldwide income. On your mm-hmm. worldwide income, even if you don't end up owing any money because they have foreign exclusions, foreign exemptions, things of that nature. But they do want to know. Yes. Yes. Where your money is and how much money you're making. Of course. Similarly, uh, for what we've seen maybe recently is workers who might travel, like traveling nurses, for example, who might travel across different states, or even if you think about athletes, athletes yes, yeah. who, who play in different states, have to report taxes in each state. Those tax returns are nightmares, but mm-hmm. they have to they have to report them in each state because each state wants you know a little piece of that money that gets made. Um, and then you just have to follow the residency laws. Um, different states have different rules. Some states like Indiana and Kentucky have reciprocity rules because they know that, you know, a lot of people might be living on the border, living in one state, working in the other. And so yep. they have reciprocity laws um, to make things a little bit easier for people in those situations. But um, you just have to kind of understand the rules when it comes to the states, uh, when it comes to countries, U.S. versus international, and then documentation. Um, you know, document what, uh, that's huge. You're spending. Yeah. And you know, uh, you know, uh, what they have done, mm-hmm. they meaning the rich, mm-hmm. um, and what people try to do is they try to do what's called, um, like I said, tax avoidance. So what's, you know, she, she did may or may not be illegal. What, you know, the, the Paradise Papers, the Pandora Papers that talks about all these offshore accounts and residencies and where, and where people live and the loopholes that mm-hmm. the rich utilize buying jets or yachts mm-hmm. and all of that stuff that you can get these big uh, tax write-offs for. Of course, the carried interest loophole loophole that you talked about and it's still there, by the way, thanks to, uh, well, I'm not going to get political, yeah. but, um, <laughs> you know, it's out there and... Um, it's just tax avoidance and tax avoidance is legal. You know, being a, uh, basically, uh, an enrolled, uh, agent, right. A tax enrolled agent, meaning that I am federally licensed by the United States treasury, you know, to practice in all 50 States, meaning that if people have tax issues, tax problems, things of that nature, I'm able to represent them, you know, in front of uh, the IRS because I am well-versed and knowledgeable and educated in tax law, tax code, and tax theory. And being here in Louisville, uh, Kentucky, it uh, brings me to um, Justice Brandeis, Mm -hmm. which is, uh, he was a Supreme Court justice, Mm -hmm. um, you know, back back in the day, um, and of course now uh, UofL's law school is yep. the Brandeis School of Law. Mm-hmm. But um, back in the day, you know, he basically, you know, shared, you know, some thoughts on, um, uh, you know, tax, uh, tax avoidance versus uh, tax uh, evasion. Mm-hmm. And he basically said that, you know, for, for a lack of better terms, that, you uh, you know, tax, uh, tax avoidance, you know, is, is legal. Um, tax evasion will, uh, get you, get you thrown in jail. And there are all sort of sections in the internal revenue code, which are designed to, um, take you across these toll bridges, right? Because justice Brandeis basically said that, Hey, 
Um, there was a toll bridge he lived in uh, Virginia. DC. Okay. Oh, DC. Yeah, mm-hmm. they worked in DC, lived in Virginia. Mm-hmm. But there were two bridges. And there was a bridge that took a toll, and then there was a bridge that he could drive a mile up and just go over it and not pay the toll. Mm-hmm. He would choose to take the bridge that didn't have the toll, thus avoiding the basically tax toll bridge. And that is called tax avoidance, is what he said. He said, now, if he, if he would have just sped past and not paid the, pol- paid the toll on the bridge, that would have been tax evasion, which he, he could be uh, arrested and that, that's illegal but he chose to drive that extra mile and go across the bridge for free, right? And that is what we look at when we look at the tax code. There are, um, uh, the, in, the internal tax code is designed to take you across these toll bridges. And the price of crossing that toll bridges is the tax. But there are also free bridges that are located within that tax code and allow you to legitimately avoid unnecessary taxes, right? And we actually call those green lights. So those red lights that will make you pay that tax, and there's green light that can, you can legitimate, legitimately avoid taxes. And the key is you have to know where to find them, and that is the key. So when you look at um, and you get upset with, say, an Elon Musk or um, – uh, these billionaires who Bezos, are Bezos, Buffett, who are basically avoiding Bates, taxes. Gates. It's okay, to, you know. It's it's okay to have your feelings, but understand that they are doing it legally. And until the tax code is fixed, rearranged, loopholes closed, whatever you want to call it, um, they're going to continue to do so because it is legal and it is above board. And you know, on a you know much smaller scale. Um, you know, cause we don't really deal with a lot of billionaires here in our practice, but that's what we try to teach our clients and people we speak to about how to go across the free bridge and you don't always have to stop and pay the toll. But if you don't know those things, then you're selling yourself short by not knowing how to legally avoid the taxes like a lot of the rich and the billionaires do. So there you go. I took up all of your time, dude, but thank yep. you for that uh, tax corner. Because I'm the tax man. Yeah, I'm the tax man. Or woman. All right, coming up next, we're going to talk about the perfect investment. You are listening to The Marcus Warren Show. Little Stevie Nicks here. All right. Uh, Edge of 17. Song came out in 1981. Okay. Number 11 in the U.S. This song has been a few different times. Um, Sampled a lot of different times. It's a good song. Yeah. Of course, in... uh, of course, a bunch of different uh, commercials, things of that nature, you know. That's why uh, my daughter knows knows it, you know. And she's uh, uh, 13. She knows this song. That's the way it is these days. That's good stuff. Anyway, welcome back to the show. You're listening to the Marcus Warren Show. And one of the things you need to remember is that uh, as a fiduciary financial planner, I offer a retirement rescue game plan. And that retirement rescue game plan is a physical packet of information that will help rescue your retirement from all the risks that threatens your nest egg once you are close in, in retirement. Now, in that game plan, you're going to get a copy of my two books, a few different financial reports, and access to my webinar entitled Taxes in Retirement. Yes. And you can simply order that by going to warrenwealth.net. WarrenWealth.net. That was a little subdued uh, plug right there that I decided to throw out. It's kind of menacing. You know, go to WarrenWealth.net. You know, wanted to. Menacing. It's Sunday. You know, soothe the listeners out there. 
uh, before we get into the nitty gritty. All right, so what I want to talk about now is I want to talk about the perfect investment. Um, one of the things that uh, we're going to actually, I'll give you a preview of what we're going to talk about um, next uh, week on the show, or I might save it for or after Labor Day, like when people are like back into the mode, summer's over, because um, we might take a, a couple of weeks off here the last uh, um Last few weeks of uh, last couple of weeks of August, uh, of course, Labor Day and then um, and then ramp back up. But um, what I've been doing a lot lately is um, trolling around, not really trolling because I don't respond to anybody, but uh, just surfing around uh, a lot of uh, YouTube stuff and people talking about to have the perfect investment, uh, the perfect system, the perfect stock picking uh, futures. currency, crypto investment and how to do it and how you can make, uh, be a millionaire in, in, in three to six months and things of that nature and how you can expect returns of 20, 30%. And if you're not getting 20, 30% a year, then, um, you know, you're, uh, uh, you're investing with the wrong person or doing it all wrong. And so, um, you know, I think we're going to, uh, you know, maybe spend a, a segment or two um, when we come back to talk about uh, all that uh, buffoonery that is uh, out there. And so, um, but I want to talk about the perfect investment, right? So let's talk about the, uh, the perfect investment. Um, let's talk about what that perfect investment would, um, the three things that it would have. Number one, the perfect investment would be 100% safe meaning that you cannot lose any money, right? Your principal, you put in your principal, whether it's $100 or $100 million, and no matter what, you cannot go below or you cannot lose that. So number one uh, characteristic of the perfect investment Mm -hmm. is that it would be 100% safe. Second characteristic that the perfect investment would have is that it would be 100% liquid. What I mean by that is that you could easily have access to it whenever you wanted it, meaning if you need it to take money out of it, uh, you, you put it in one day and then you need it money that same day, you could take it right out. If you need it money the next day, you could take it out. If you need it money four months from now, you could take it out. Easily convertible to cash where you could have it, you have access to it at all times. That would be another characteristic of the perfect investment. And the last characteristic of the perfect investment would be that you would get a solid rate of return. You wouldn't get bank returns. You wouldn't get CD returns. You wouldn't get um, bond returns. You would get market-like returns. You know, we're talking stock market returns where you're just uh, knocking knocking it out of the park all the time. That would be the third characteristic. So the perfect investment would be safe, 100% safe. You would have access to it all the time and you would have phenomenal rates of return, return on your money. I'm sold. Right. Unfortunately, boys and girls, that the perfect investment does not exist, just doesn't exist. Now, although a lot of people act like they can get you the perfect investment, um, we all know that it's really not out there. Life, my friends, is about trade-offs. And those three characteristics, you can't have it all. However, you can have two, right? Life's about sacrifices. That's what I try to tell my kids. It's about sacrifices. You can't have it all. And when we're talking about the perfect investments, you cannot have all three. It can't be 100% safe, 100% liquid, and then give you this great rate of return, right? The potential for this great rate of return. You have to choose two. So let's talk about these things, all right? So say you want it, uh, so out of the three, you said, you know what, I want my money 100% safe and I wanted it 100% liquid where I can get to it all the time. Then you would be sacrificing this potential for a great rate of return, right? And so if we're talking about 100% safe, 100% liquid, what would we be talking about? Well, we'd be talking about a lot of uh, bank types of of, uh, instruments like a money market account a savings account, CDs, right? Something like that where you're right. It's hundred percent safe. You put your money in, in, in your savings account. Um, you know, you have FDIC, 
up to two hundred fifty thousand dollars, and you know you can't lose it. Same with the money market, even even your even your uh, your uh, CD. And then, of course, if you ever needed access to it, you can take it out whenever you want. You put money in your savings account, you can take it right out. You put money in your money market, you can take it right out. But what you are sacrificing is you're not going to get a good solid rate of return because it just doesn't work like that. All right. So that is um, number one. Um, So let's talk about, say you want it, your money 100% liquid, but you also wanted that potential for that fantastic rate of return. You were like, you know what? I want this fantastic, great rate of return. And you know what you're giving up? You'd be giving up safety, right? Because you want it liquid. And you want this potential for a great rate of return. And so what are those types uh, of investments? Well, those types of investments would be uh, the stock market, right? A stock mutual fund. Um, Heck, uh, even cryptocurrency, right? Something like that. Something uh, stock uh, based or or crypto based, right? Where you could put your money in, right? And you buy a stock. And number one, it's liquid. So if I bought a stock at 10 a.m., I could basically sell that stock uh, at 11 a.m. if I wanted to. Same with crypto. I could buy cryptocurrency uh, one day and I could sell out the next day. So it's 100% liquid. And of course, the potential for a rate of return is phenomenal. We all know what crypto has done. We all know what the stock market has done. But like I said, what are you sacrificing? You are sacrificing that safety, right? It's not safe, right? So you could invest uh, in a stock at, say, $10 at 10 a.m. And since it's 100% liquid, you could definitely get your money get, or, or like at least sell that stock uh, an hour later. Now, it might be worth half of what you put in, but it's 100% liquid. And you always had that potential for that great rate of return, right? Because it could have went up uh, 100-fold, but you sacked sacrifice the safety, right? You cannot have it all. You can't have it all. All right. So now say, all right, uh, I want the safety. I want the potential for, you know, a fantastic rate of return. But now what are you going to have to give up? You might have to give up uh, liquidity. Right. So you want the safety. You want the potential for a great rate of return. But if you invest in certain things, you're not going to be able to get your money out when you want it all the time. And so what are some of those investments? Well, you have um, number one, real estate um, Mm -hmm. is 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 that type of investment, meaning that you can you know buy some real estate, Um, you know, fairly safe. Uh, Real estate is generally a a safer investment. Um, and you can make a lot of money off of real estate and potential for a great return. But if you needed to sell it right away, uh, it might be a little tough because it's a little liquid, illiquid. And then, of course, what else falls under that category? Uh, safe and a potential for a good rate of return. Well, annuities, yeah, a fixed annuity, a fixed indexed annuity, kind of the same thing. You put your money in. Uh, for the most part, um, you know, it's going to be relatively uh, safe, right? You put whatever you put in, you generally can't lose. Uh, you have the potential for a good solid rate of return. Some of these things uh, are linked to the, the stock market. And so if the stock market goes up, you'll get a, a percentage or um, you'll be capped out somewhere, but uh, you'll have that potential for a good solid rate of return. Uh, the only thing, though, is that if you need your money out, if you have a five-year annuity, and you want out in two, there's going to be a penalty or a price to pay, right? So those things are um, illiquid uh, to a certain extent as well. They have some other stipulations, but I'm not going to get, in, get into all that. But the bottom line is this, peeps. The bottom line is this. You just can't have it all. There's no perfect investment out there. Investing is about sacrificing. What you want to make sure of is that you have what's called diversification, Maybe you do have investments that have that sacrifice one of the three uh, in, in, your, in your portfolio to make up a good comprehensive portfolio. That is the key. Anyone out there trying to sell you or tell you that you can have the perfect investment that has all of those characteristics, 
are pretty much, I, I would look at them uh, with the side eye, right? And uh, I don't know if I would uh, just jump into that. But you have to understand that there's not a perfect investment out there. And you have to understand that you can't have it all. There is going to have to be something that is sacrificed. All right. Well, there you go. All right. Well, coming up next, we're going to get into some news you can use and news you can't use. You're listening to The Marcus Warren Show. Some Joan Jet. <laughs> so, the song mm-hmm. came out in 1981. All right. And uh, of course, most people should know what it, what this song is. It's number one in the U.S. Okay. And number four in the U.K. So a big hit for her. And of course, it's I Love Rock and Roll. There you go. All right. My, my kids know this song. You know, they don't know what uh, a jukebox is, the jukebox is, especially putting dimes in a jukebox, <laughs> but uh, you know, that is what it is. Anyway, welcome back to the show, the Marcus Warren Show. Um, if you have any questions, want to know uh, about uh, some of the things that we do and, uh, services we provide you can go to warrenwealth.net that's warrenwealth.net all right uh so it's time to jump right in to some news you can use Right. Facebook parent company Meta Platforms said on Tuesday that it raised $10 billion in its first ever bond offering as it looks to fund share buybacks and some more investments to ramp up its business. Now, you mentioned. Do you know what that bond was paying? Do you know the, the terms of that bad boy? I, I do not. Um, um, I, they, they actually, it, there was a range. It ranged maturity dates from five years to 40 years. So, um, yeah, but they better be paying range, a so decent I, interest rate. I wonder what they're paying. Don't know what they um, were paying. But as you mentioned, look it, uh, go ahead. As you mentioned earlier in the segment, you know, companies are cutting back on their ad spending. And of course, Facebook um, saw the brunt of that. Um, and they also, you know, announced this whole metaverse thing that they're trying to do and it hasn't worked out as well as they've planned. So they've been kind of cash short. In fact, um, actually, I don't have the numbers, but I know there have been, been some revenue losses. Oh, yeah. And well, as they, you mentioned, yes, yeah. the first time ever um, where their quarterly earnings um, were at a loss and were less than expected. Um, so the offering is supposed to help Meta, which is, of course... Um, well- well, go, no, go ahead. Yes, oh, build more. Yes, they, they're uh, looking to uh, build a more traditional balance sheet and fund some of their expensive initiatives. Of course, I mentioned metaverse, virtual reality. Still don't really know what that is. And then there's uh, they're uh, doing something called Reels, which is a short video. Well, that's, um, they've been trying to. Well, they, they've been trying to do that. The video yeah, stuff. trying to steal. Mm-hmm. No, just trying to steal um, TikToks. Uh, uh, allegedly steal mm-hmm. well yes. you know copy tiktok's mm-hmm. uh thunder. allegedly copy um no they're definitely cut well <laughs> we'll see um all right so yes it yields uh um one 1.65 percentage points above treasury so okay. um treasuries right now a little i guess a 10-year treasury i don't even know um, I, I'm trying to look to see, you know, yes. how much it is, but about a couple of points above uh, what treasuries are paying, so maybe four or five percent. Okay, it's not uh, not too bad. Aren't um, corporate bonds uh, typically depending. higher than than treasuries? Yeah, because you're taking on more risk. Remember, treasuries mm-hmm. are basically Secure. super safe. Mm-hmm. It's it's, it's uh, safe because the government can always just raise money, I mean, raise taxes to, mm-hmm. to pay for those bonds, and and corporate bonds are a little more risky, and so yeah, um, that's why they have to. Have more of an enticing okay. uh, interest rate. Um, yeah, Meta. I the the metaverse. I'm not sure about that, especially mm-hmm. with you know putting on goggles and mm-hmm. being in this this uh, uh, virtual metaverse reality virtual yeah, yeah reality. Just because I mean I I have the Oculus yes headset mm-hmm. and it's really really cool. Yeah, it's 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 awesome. Okay. However, oh, it's just not. Um, I, I don't know. It's just 
you know, it's you got to put something on your face. It's cumbersome. You have to carve out room mm-hmm. so you don't stumble over stuff. It's just it's one of those things where it's, it, it my, my, my kids don't really use it anymore. I don't use it anymore. I'm not seeing when you have to put this, you know, big piece of hardware on your face all the time that it's that it's going to at least kick off the way that um, at least that that virtual reality stuff kicks off. The only metaverse that my kids are in are Fortnite, mm-hmm. um, uh, Roblox, the, Roblox mm-hmm. those types of things yeah. are, are the metaverse where, where they buy stuff within that metaverse, things of that nature. Yes. But I'm not sure the whole virtual reality putting on goggles, living um, in a different world, right across world. you know just uh, you know just where it's it's mainstream. I, right. I, I don't see that. It'd always be out there in niche, but not. Yes, I, that's my. It's it's two a stumbling cents. it's it's a stumbling block for me too, especially when you know I know we did those crazy stories last year when um, really the metaverse was was booming and was you know this hot thing where people were spending ungodly amounts of money purchasing real estate in the metaverse. If you remember that, there there yeah. were actual virtual reality worlds where people were paying hundreds of thousands of dollars to purchase plots of land that didn't exist well, in the right. real world. Right. Yeah. Um, and that's, I don't know if that's just something that I'm not in the, like you said, the niche or I'm too old uh, to, to have played some of those I'm games just, or, I'm or just, what. I'm just too broke. I, yes. I can't afford it. There we go. Yeah. That too. What else you got? <laughs> okay. Social security recipients are on track to receive the highest cost of living increase in more than four decades next year. Uh-oh. Social security checks get an inflation adjustment every year based on the consumer price index for wage, uh, urban wage earners and clerical workers. Man, that's a mouthful. In determining the cost of living adjustment or COLA, the Social uh, Security Administration compares the average figures for July, August, and September. Hmm. Each year, yes, compared to the same period a year prior. And, of course, we know July inflation rate, um, at least for that uh, urban wage earners and clerical workers, was 9.1%. It was higher than the 8.5% that we all heard about. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's going to be close to, it was almost, it was 5.9% last time. Yeah, at the beginning um, of this year, yep. the, yeah, for mm-hmm. for last year. So next year, about eight or eight. It's going to so. be nine point six is what it's projected to be. Nine point six percent increase. Yes, nice. almost ten. Nice. Well, nine and a half. Yeah. It's not bad at all. That's right. And I mean, it, it's all a wash, though. I mean, it sounds it was like yeah, but if prices are, are just as high, then right. it's all You're just a really cost of living it. adjustment. That's right. It's not a. Uh, and like you know the thing that spend it. I know we we talked about this at the beginning of the year too, but when Social Security uh, recipients received that cola adjustment at the beginning of this year of six percent, first of all, it wasn't enough because we saw inflation was a lot higher, and then secondly, the Medicare Part B premiums increased too at the beginning right. of this year, which kind of offset. Yep. Um, the raise they got because now more was being taken out of their check for Medicare. But um, that's not expected to increase next year. So at least they have that. Um, so it really will be a true increase in their cost of living benefits. Yeah, yeah. We shall see. All right. We got time for one more. All right. Amazon is buying Roomba Maker iRobot for $1.7 billion. Nice. Giving the online retailer yet another home product to track you with. Yeah. Um, just yeah. kidding. But uh, Amazon has agreed to pay $61 a share for iRobot in an all-cash deal. The price um, is a little bit of a premium on iRobot's closing price um, as of the announcement, which was $50. Of course, iRobot introduced the Roomba vacuum yeah. in 2002, 20 years ago. Can you believe that? Yeah, I mean, that's why now they're they're um, you know really intuitive, and they've just built a, a, on top of that. I've been... Um, going back and forth about buying one because I have two dogs and one sheds, uh, you know, pretty significantly. And so I, I've been thinking about doing that and having it go mm-hmm. across, uh, you know, the floors just so yeah, I don't always mm-hmm. have to, you know, yeah. look at it and see it and sweep or vacuum. And uh, But those things are not uh, cheap. Wait for the Prime Days, the Amazon Prime Days, because that's when they get... Uh, discount electronic prices. That is what I shall do. Thank you, D, for that news that you can use or not, depending on if you are into Meta, Amazon, things of that nature. But uh, it's good stuff. All right. Um, so uh, now we have what you all have been waiting for the real stuff, the news that you can't use. <laughs> Well, 
NBC has announced that they are relocating Days of Our Lives, one of the longest daytime soap operas yeah. from the broadcast NBC network to its streaming device, Peacock. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Days of Our Lives has been running since 1965. Yeah, and I don't even think that's the longest running uh, soap opera. There might be you know other I mean? ones. It that could have, be a mm-hmm. Young and the Restless. Oh, there which, we go. Uh, yeah, I used to watch a yeah. uh, long, long time ago. Yeah. Um, and then of course you have All My Children. Those are okay. the three. Yeah, the three, the big that, three, the big three that I remember. I yes. remember Guiding Light um, too. For you know, I don't know, Guiding Light was another CBS show. Yeah. Young and the Restless was on CBS. Okay. All My Children was on uh, ABC. Okay. Of course, Days of Our Lives. NBC. Of course, is on NBC. There we so go. yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know your TV. My you mom. Know your soap opera. Mm-hmm, your mom. They used to oh, watch. Oh, it was your no. mom that no, watched. She, no, she she got me hooked um, on uh, um, Young and the Restless, uh-huh. um, but of course there was still you know all my children. She watched all of it. it was, she, you know stories. She called them. I, I, she wanted to watch her stories. Yeah, you know soap operas, but they called them stories. Yeah, you know, that's, that's right. In, in, in our community. So the time slot is going to be replaced by a news segment. Of course, NBC news news daily. Well, yes. um, I know we're at uh, news you can't use because yes. that is something that no one can really use because yes. no one you know. So I'm surprised they're still yes. running. I'm surprised that people still watch that mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah, it's insane. Well, the chairman but, said a large percentage of their audience does watch it digitally and, and on demand. So, really? yeah. Oh, so, geez. I guess they're horrible. not watching it Some horrible in the middle of the too. day. If you ever watch that stuff, it's just bad oh, acting, gosh. but it's, uh, you know, it is what it is. I mean, it, it's endured, you know, since. Uh, the test of time. Test of time. It sure has. Thank you, Dee, for that crappy news you can't use. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah. And we all know what that music means. It means we've come to the end of the show. I want to thank everyone for listening. Have a great week and take it easy on this Sunday. Thank you for listening to the Marcus Warren Show. For more information or to request your retirement toolkit, contact Marcus at 502-339-8255 or visit his website at talktomarcus.com. Warren Wealth Management and Tax Planning and WGTK are not affiliated. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles discussed should not be considered investment advice or recommendations to buy or sell any financial vehicle. This information should not be considered tax or legal advice. Individuals should consult with a professional specializing in the fields of tax, legal, accounting, or investments regarding the applicability of this information for their situation. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investments will fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested.